Welcome back to The Versatile Writer. This is season six of The Versatile Writer, the podcast that aims to provide help and support for like-minded writers. This week's episode looks at graphology, the study of handwriting. I realise this could be a tricky one to discuss as anything visual being described through audio has its challenges. It's a writing-related challenge, so I'm up for it. Please allow me to begin with something I see as a little negative. Nowadays, more people use a keyboard than they do a pen and paper. I just made that up. I've no idea if it's true, but I suspect it probably is. Therefore, in my good old Sarah way, I'm going to base this entire episode on that speculation. Centuries ago, it was commonplace to write messages on paper. People would use quills, ink, parchment, then later paper. Writing letters or greetings cards has decreased substantially since many people use social media to do that. Unless it's a bill, receiving post is often exciting, but the excitement of receiving something handwritten means even more. Back when I was a teenager, in the 80s, I was in a family of two parents and two children. My surname was Stuart and three of us in our family unit had the same initials. We were all S. Stewart. The middle initial was the obvious differentiator. Unless it was clear the note was a bill, in which case both my sister and I would leave it on the side for our dad. That middle initial was a further differentiator for my sister and me. She is SC and I am SJ. Another reason why I write under SJ Bannum, because SJ, SJ Stewart as it was then, or SJB and SJ Bannum as it is now, is my identity. When I was 13, we moved. Anyone I was friends with automatically became a pen friend because I rarely used the phone. One reason I suggested we write rather than use the phone was because I had and still do have a thing about phones. I really hate speaking on them, mostly because of the anxiety surrounding what's said and what's remembered. When you write, you can refer back to it. When you're on the phone, you have to remember what was said. Also, with our phone back then, it was an abrupt, loud ring which always made me jump and I hated it, so to avoid that jump, I suggested we wrote. I also had a thing about stationery, just as I do now. So I remember buying a load of writing paper and envelopes in primary colours. I was very much into bright red back then, so having like peacock blue and red and bottle green stationery, it was a bit of a kick. They were easily identifiable coming through the door and nobody else even looked at the name since they guessed it was for me. For those pen friends whose quirkiness aligned with the joke, I wrote in blue ink on blue paper, red ink on red paper. You can imagine the responses, can't you? I received one or two responses also on coloured paper, in coloured pens, telling me it wasn't as funny as I thought it was, even though they had done it too, which was even funnier. My quirkiness extended to one friend who I'd not heard from in months and that was unusual for us because we used to write every couple of weeks. When I wrote to her just a single line on a page of white paper asking in a very Monty Python-esque or Forty Towers-esque way, hello, are you dead? Later she responded with another single line answering, no, are you? Helen, if you're listening, I remember giggling at that. We must have been around 16 at the time. Since then, my pen friends have grown, diminished and grown again. One or two from back then still exchanged letters with me, Helen included. We're now in our mid-fifties. 
Currently, I have four pen friends and they're all in the UK, but over the years, they've been as far from me as America, Australia and Germany, and several within the UK, each one sharing a common like, perhaps an actor, writing, movies, books, even school, yet each were different from the other. As I've grown older, my letter writing is geared more towards how my business is going, what writing I'm up to, what stories I've created, how my family is, movies I've seen, general storytelling. Years ago, it was more down to what boyfriend was on the scene, what actors I liked, and possibly the strangest thing for an 80s teenage girl to write to a pen friend about, supercars. But topics aside, letter writing was important to me, an important part of my growing, my learning, my socialising. It's even more special nowadays to get a handwritten letter because each one is often more than just pages torn from a notebook. Some are beautifully designed notepads. During Covid, many people wrote to nursing homes and hospitals so people could stay in touch with each other. This was a lovely thing to do. I wonder if you did it at all. But this podcast isn't about receiving letters through the post. It's about the actual art of handwriting and what we can glean from it about the author. It's probably fairly common knowledge that handwriting can be analysed. But if this is news to you, listen on for some interesting tidbits. It's often used when evidence is needed in a criminal investigation. Analysis can be used to learn more about the writer, things like the situation they were in, their surroundings, their mindset, whether they were stressed when they were writing, if they were rushed, if they were excited or relaxed. All these things and much more can be learned from analysing handwriting. Recently, I completed a course in graphology. I wanted to learn about it because I intend to include some of the findings in a story I have stored away in the back of my mind call the whole thing research if you like but if I don't learn about it I'll just be guessing and you can bet somewhere there'll be a reader who'll notice I didn't put in the research hours so research I must and not only because it's part of the storytelling but because it's an interesting subject anyway in this course I learned that some pen strokes can reveal the writer's mood mindset and even clues about their environment you can argue a lot of this is speculation but through tests much of the data has been shown to be correct. It's hard to disagree when you see how it works. Basically, everyone has a style of handwriting that is specific to them, an identity if you like. Those times when you scroll something down and those times when you take an extra bit of time to write, all those will show your identity but with added interest. It might be worth mentioning at this point that I keep the last greeting card I'm sent from certain people. As I said before, handwriting reveals identity, and so seeing certain people's handwriting means a piece of them is with me. Should the worst happen, I've always got a piece of that person with me forevermore. Unlike a lot of people, I write in a notebook every day. <laughs> I have got shelves of notebooks that I've been using ever since I began my business 10 years ago, or 11 years ago now. I've also got notebooks of stories that I started writing, backstories of characters, sketches of environments that they live in, that kind of thing. There's so many notebooks that I've got. My family despair of me. If I go into a stationery shop and see a, a notebook and I think, oh, I must have that, I must have that. And they know I've already got six waiting to be used. It's that kind of thing. Sometimes I jot down notes to highlight the spelling of a specific word. As a writer, it makes sense to learn the correct spelling of a word, especially if it's another person's name. 
Nobody likes getting their names misspelled. It has an air of disrespect about it. Or it might be an unusual word or one of those words that has confusion surrounding its spelling. I tend to have different ways of writing depending on my mood. And therein lies one of the clues to look out for. Let's say I was rushing down the information for a book I'd reviewed. I might have forward-facing letters, perhaps with T's or I's that need crosses or dots, but the writing is so rushed because I want to get down the gist before I forget. The crosses didn't cover the stalk of the T. In fact, maybe it missed it completely. There might be lines floating in the air. Maybe letters were missing or duplicated. If my writing was being analysed, it might be obvious that I was in a hurry because the cross didn't find its bar and so didn't create the T. Of course, if the dot didn't make the top of the I, it might not be because I was rushed. That might well just be my style of writing. Here's an anecdote. I used to draw a bubble above my lowercase eyes. I began this as a teenager and it stuck in my mind as a style of writing. Over the years, people analysed it as creative, also unnecessary. But I liked it, so it remained. Over a decade ago, in my last employed job before I came self-employed, the post was, was within mental health within the NHS. At times, it was so incredibly fast-paced that when I took a phone call and wrote down a message, I didn't even have time to dot my I's. I mean, can you imagine having a job so fast-paced that you don't even get time to dot an I? So from then on, I stopped dotting or circling them completely. I also have a kind of shorthand in my fast-paced writing nowadays, especially if I'm taking notes. My ing, that is I-N-G in words, as in working or writing, have a kind of looped squiggle that I always recognise as ing. All this goes into the mix of style, identity, environment and mental state, so an, an analyst can learn a lot from the writing. In the official world of graphology, Analysts are often hired to extrapolate information from handwriting samples to detect if the author was mentally ill, which of course can play a big part in court verdicts. Analysis can tell a lot about our personalities too. Very basic tips from my research reveal that a forward stroke suggests we're rushing to achieve the next goal. A backward stroke might say we're more nostalgic in our approach to life. An erect, straight upward stroke might mean we're present, here and now, current thinking. Large loops below the line suggest we're creative and pointed letters may imply aggression or just being slightly off, maybe a bit moody. These are specific things that graphologists look for in writing. There are restrictive and contractive movements created from our hand muscles that highlight, for instance, letters that loop above and below the writing line. Included in the research are the pressure, the slant and the baseline, that is where the letters fall onto the lined paper. There is an intuitive approach to the study of graphology that looks at what the writing style is telling us and a quantitative approach that is gleaned from using mathematical tools to learn from it. These tools include a ruler, a protractor, even a magnifying glass and so much more. It gets quite mathematical and more analytical than my mind can cope with whereas the intuitive approach takes on board things like size of the loops, which can show if the writer was in a hurry, if they were stressed, if they had all the time in the world, or if they were relaxed. Now, if you imagine the writer was relaxed and the loop sizes were expansive, 
they may have felt creative and had the life space they needed at the time. They could suggest they were happy with their surroundings or what they were writing, the context, the words. Also, the rhythm and the movement of the letter creation may exhibit that they didn't care that they were breaking the law, that kind of thing. Admittedly, there is a lot of speculation attached, just like there is with other sciences, where guesswork sees us through. And yes, graphology is a science, look it up. Have you ever been to the GP where they guess what might be the problem and then prescribe a cream for it? It was essentially guesswork. More often not, it was correct. But I've noticed a lot of the right answers when I've tested myself and the handwriting of others, especially in my pen friend's letters. What my writing will tell you about me is that I'm a creative person who's driven. I realise you probably didn't need graphology to tell you that. But it's useful to learn it. When I receive greetings cards through the post, 9 out of 10 times I can guess the sender through their writing of the address on the envelope. So identity is a big giveaway with writing styles. So you'll understand me when I say that typewritten letters are so much harder from which to glean information. Although you still can. In typewritten words, you're most likely focusing on the choice of words used rather than how they were typed, because obviously it was typed from a machine. However, the choice of words can still give away some clues to mindset and environment. I'd love to hear from you if you're a letter writer. You might think that using handwriting is a sign of age, but I don't believe that at all. I think it has more to do with your love of the written word. If you're like me, do let me know via the Facebook page for The Versatile Writer. The link will be in the show notes. Also, I'd love to hear from you if you regularly journal or write in a diary. Maybe you do it as a kind of positive therapy to keep on top of your mental health. Or maybe you do it just to get your angst out about today's world. I once kept a diary for about 10 years. I found the last one about a year or two ago in my garage during a clear out. What I found quite fun was that my writing hasn't altered much throughout my moods or my age. And nor has my love of movies actors and stories. What was very telling though, that while I wrote for my eyes only, all my actor love interests from my mid-30s and 40s were all written in initials only or code names. I know my husband didn't have an issue with my actor crushes, so I'm not sure who I did this for, although it might have been a shorthand so I could get more words down before I went to sleep, or even due to laziness, or it might have been to add some intrigue to my own thoughts. Many of my dreams are written in intricate detail too, and upon reading them now, I can often remember detailed images from those dreams. These dreams remind me that they're a link to my subconscious, and both are a great writing resource for me. I've discussed this in previous episodes of The Versatile Writer. You might want to check them out. They're under the titles of Writers Helping Writers, Obsession, and Writing Tips. If you think about it, graphology is about identity, An identity gives us an abundance of clues about ourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Versatile Writer on the topic of graphology. Don't forget to subscribe, thereby allowing it to appear in your feed the next time one is live. And why not share it on social media? If you do, please tag me in. I'm Sarah Bannum on Facebook, at SJBWrites on Twitter, s.j.bannum no spaces, on Instagram and Sarah Bannum BA Honours on LinkedIn. When I see it, I'll send you a public thank you. Until next time, bye for now.